My name is Ben Beard, and I own Redcliffe Homes in Las Cruces, New Mexico. I'm searching for the top tips and tricks of the trade from experts in the construction industry. Welcome to the Ben Beard Show. Our guest today is Andrew Bazan with Lennar. Andrew, welcome to the show today. Hey, buddy. How are you? Fantastic. I, so I paused. Is it is it just Lennar or is it Lennar Homes? What's the right way to say that? Technically, Lennar Homes. Okay. But I mean, I think everybody knows Lennar is just. Well, I Lenar. see your shirt. It just says Lennar. So. Yeah, yeah. Like we dropped the homes a long time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So Andrew is located in Southern Florida with Lennar. Lennar is number two largest national builder. Yeah. In yeah, at least right in now. 2020. This year. Yep. Okay. So Andrew, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got uh, into working with Lennar Homes. Okay, so my background, uh, funny enough, in college, I didn't, I didn't study construction or, or even business. Or, so I'm currently the director of marketing for our division in Palm Beach. And so we cover ground from uh, Delray Beach north up to Melbourne. So fair amount. So like yep. a, from point A to point B, it's about a three and a half hour drive. Um, and I actually studied medicine. And I did a year of uh, medical school before I realized, oh, my apologies, before I realized that I, I didn't want to be a doctor. So I left, um, much to my parents' dismay. And uh, from there, I decided to do some research. So I actually went up to the University of Georgia and I did uh, some research there where I met a friend uh, who was like, hey, you, you like data, you like numbers. Uh, I know of a company that's like a marketing auditing company, they need you to, they need people to take a look at anomalies and, and the kind of marketing and, and kind of data that we get back, that they get back. I said, okay, that sounds fun. Because at that point I was kind of over the science aspect. It was for a person like me, it was, it was too lonely. Uh, so I, I preferred to be with, you know, a group working in a team that's, you know, like played sports growing up. So I, I like teams. Well, and, you're uh, not outgoing at all. Uh, not at all. <laughs> I'm the shyest introvert. Um, and from there, it just, it kind of kicked off my interest in marketing. And it was a couple of agencies after that we started getting clientele a lot in real estate. And I thought, oh, this, this seems really interesting. Um, and at the time it was just realtors and, and, and the selling of the homes. It wasn't anything in the background. Like it wasn't anything in construction or anything like that. Huh. And then um, I got headhunted for a position at Lennar saying that they wanted to build a digital marketing team. So they wanted somebody who, uh, who had a strong background in you know, digital marketing. At the time, this was 2017, 2016. Um, and I guess digital marketing was still kind of getting its footing. It's, it's nowhere near to where it is now. Um, and so I, I said, yeah, sure, let, let's do it. And uh, headed over to Lennar and was able to build a really good team there. And after about two years, uh, I realized that it is so much more interesting than just advertising to sell homes. It is, uh, I, I wanted to sit in more like land meetings and construction meetings and purchasing meetings. And I don't know if you know this, sir, but it takes a lot to build a home. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I think I've heard that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so, so that's kind of, that's my very weird way to get in, into Lenar. Yeah. So, so we met at the Builder 100 Summit a couple months ago, uh, and I was like, "A couple months ago? What? You went? Well, I, I don't know. 
this fall. I don't know what day we are. <laughs> but we met, uh, and and I was like, we we got talking, and I was like, wait, you went to med school, and now you're at a home building company? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> so, I love that journey. So that I mean, construction was not your background at all. Mm-mm. Never thought about that. I didn't know. I, I started when I started at Lenar. I needed help in understanding what what trusses were. What you okay. know. And, and what do you what do you mean we have to permit like what are what are we permitting <laughs> <laughs> sure i'll permit that yeah right yeah of course approved you got it <laughs> uh yeah no so it was i i was very naive to to a lot yeah in the industry so sorry that's all right well, it's funny though because i think that actually works out perfectly because i just hired a marketing guy several months ago that uh also does not have a construction background and that has created so much marketing content opportunity for us because i can just sit and explain to him the basics of building a home yeah and he's like oh cool this is awesome and i'm like it's just building a home it's normal you know to me it's just not exciting it's a it's a headache sometimes just to (laughs) deal with all the steps but but if you don't know it then it's exciting and cool and you know fun to learn about as you as you work in the industry so it is, and it, it, it is. I, I, I still get very excited. Uh, even when I hear about land deals that go bad, you know, even even learning why it went bad, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I didn't, I genuinely did not know how much went in and, and how many team members in different departments you really needed uh, with different backgrounds of, of knowledge to get one community even approved or, or one set of home, homes approved. Yeah. So, it's pretty cool. So, and and I know you're not involved in the operation side necessarily, but I know you're you're kind of getting into the land acquisition side a little bit. Yeah. So, kind of walk walk me through what does a national home building company look like on their uh, in their marketing and in their in their national or in their land acquisition part? Because there's so many different career opportunities in construction that people just never know about. They think, oh, construction that's swinging a hammer, but yeah, you've, you've never swung. I got paid to swing a hammer. Have you? I, I, I don't have enough muscle for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if people saw me, they would be like, this, this guy's not in construction. It's like Hunter Renfro, <laughs> the Oakland Raiders. Like people probably don't believe he's a wide receiver, you know, just looking at him. But uh, yeah, so it with, with at a national home builder side, right? Um, particularly at NAR. And I think this might be how a lot of the national home builders, the, the bigger ones are. Um, they have, you know, the, the corporate marketing center or where a lot of the divisions go to for, for help or approval or guidance. And then within each division, it's almost like its own separate company, right? And, and so they operate that way. Their own division presidents, their own marketing department, permitting department, purchasing department, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, initially when I was like, oh, this is, you know, construction or I'm learning about construction, I, I thought that's what I'd be learning, how, how to demo a home the right way. Um, and, and it wasn't. And, and for those who kind of, ex- like how you said, don't really know that there's so many opportunities for folks in, within construction, within home building, you have your permitting department, right? And, and these folks only focus on, on just getting permits done for the homes, for the models to start a home. Uh, the land side uh, we have is even divided, right? We have the land acquisition side where these are specialists. These are, these are analysts who are far beyond smarter than I will ever be. And, and they 
worry and they have to know you know legislature and, and city restrictions and you know what the, even even city commissioners they, they they very much are building that rapport with the community where they're going to build in whether it's taking surveys even of a, uh, around a plot of land that we want to let's say purchase you know to really make sure that one we're not for lack of a better word pissing other people off by buying the set of land and you know and just building there because we said so we really do take into consideration the folks around us right and, and where mm -hmm. we'll be building. um and then there's a the land development side and that land dev side is strictly focused on 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 exactly the name making sure that we're developing and, and starting and, and uh that our easements are, are the correct way again they, they don't really lift a hammer and, and they don't really go in there then you've got your purchasing side these folks only worry about the the specs the interiors right um and, and that we're we're on pace to get good gross margins so i think that's probably on top of their minds a lot right is, is mm -hmm. to make sure that we're not only giving them great value right but it's also beneficial to us uh as a company um and then you, your marketing your sales side and and now particularly with how folks are even getting leads for folk, for people who want to buy new homes especially in this market a lot of builders uh particularly the larger ones are installing or the uh, online sales consultants so yeah. where their sole job is to work directly with marketing and directly with sales. I mean, it's a great hybrid and they take care of um, uh, speaking to the leads, getting them into to, to the sales centers to buy the home. I mean, you really have a lot of different mindsets and a lot of different folks with different backgrounds within, within the industry. Yeah. Uh, and, and none of us really lift hammers. <laughs> none, of, none of us, I think, could really demo a home on our own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's funny because, I mean, it, plus, like, I, my background's in purchasing. But then outside of that, there, there's, you know, the sales, sales, sales guys that are calling on me and, and selling me materials. And then there's, uh, you know, the delivery drivers and the inside yeah. salespeople and then the accounting folks and the, it's just, so many things involved in this industry that people don't oh, ever yeah. think of. And, and everything goes down the line, right? So even our construction managers, when I first started, I was like, oh, the, the construction managers of the community must must be the actual guys who get their hands dirty and they're probably the ones lifting, you know, the bricks and the concrete and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I come to find out that they're not, that they're literally just the management of the folks who yeah. are building the homes. And I was like, ah, oh, well, you're not building anything but at the same yeah. time i get it right because they need to understand that we have to meet our particularly for i guess a, a, a publicly traded company right we need to make sure that we're we're on on task that, that we're going to be able to meet our portal numbers of homes closed or homes started and mm -hmm. that that aside that our home buyers are going to be able to get a home when we promised them that they would get a home yeah uh, so it's it's definitely it's a lot of pressure i think in every department um and with your purchasing background i imagine that you you know i I'm, i think you may have worked with uh, a different builder in the past yeah i imagine it's a lot of pressure on you guys uh, to make yeah. sure that it's you know you're getting the right material that it makes sense uh, for everybody and i don't think it's easy to please everybody no no it's not and it's uh it's funny though because you know, a small, small builder, there's just a purchasing, maybe purchasing and an estimating person that might be two people or, or generally it's one role, but, uh, 
I kind of do that, but then you get to the national home building size and there's these, this whole other department that's on supply chain and logistics yeah. and working with the manufacturers and saying, Hey, we're going to need, in the case of Lennar, what 50,000 of these things next year. Right. Can you, of this same faucet of this, you know, or of these exactly. 10 faucets or whatever. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. No. And, and the estimators are, you know, we'll have three estimators, you know, yeah. to worry about. it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's fun. I, I mean, I, I love that kind of getting into the broader spectrum mm -hmm. um, of the construction industry. So what do you, what do you do outside of the construction industry and, and marketing and, and uh, what do you do more in your personal life? I like to read. <laughs> like, I, I, but that's maybe at the 2% of the time where I have time to just myself. Uh, I have two little girls uh, and my wife. And my, my daughters, one's five, one's about to be two, uh, they take up like, I don't know, 97.5% of my time. Yep. Uh, my poor wife maybe takes up the other 2.5 and maybe I have, uh, I think, what is that? 1% one, 1 left, yeah. uh, not even to, to, to myself. Um, so I usually read at night. I am a night owl. Uh, okay. You know, my wife and I joke that after the kids go to sleep is when we can have our me time. And that's not even that fun. It's just we go downstairs, we put on Netflix and we watch, you know, we can binge on maybe two episodes before we both knock out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, so big Netflix fan, big streaming fan, big football fan, uh, you know, fantasy football season is, is awesome. My wife, well, just absolutely hates it, but it, it's <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, I know she hates it. The only thing she likes about it is that uh, Carvel gets the uh, the Carvel the football shaped Carvel cakes that's made of all like chocolate or something. And uh -huh. she's like, that's the only good thing about football season. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then yeah, my daughter's play. We I have never been on so many play dates, um, even with COVID. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it, it's mostly with my family and and yeah. you know. It, I, I genuinely like being connected at the hip with, with my family. So we do pretty much everything together unless it's, again, my, my reading at night. Awesome. What do you, what kind of stuff do you read? So I, I, I like spy novels. Um, I think those are fun and mm -hmm. I could never be a spy, right? And I think maybe that's, that's what attracts me so much is right. Because I'm always like, oh, if I didn't have kids, if I didn't have a wife, I would totally be in the CIA and you know, send them <laughs> to China. Uh, <laughs> so that's like my that's so cool you know escaping yeah. but recently i've actually been into historical books so i just finished a book uh on winston churchill and then i ended up right before that i read up on his on his wife clementine and at the time my youngest daughter's name is clementine and so i just picked it up because i was like oh i didn't know that they shared the name although her name is pronounced clementine for anybody who's a history junkie i don't want to say it incorrectly uh but yeah, so right now I'm, I'm really into that. The World War II history uh, yeah. and particularly just the actual folks who participated, the leaders who participated. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's yeah. awesome. You read? I do. I'm a, I'm a big reader, uh, primarily nonfiction, personal growth and development. But uh, Very. also gotten into uh, Westerns, big Louis L'Amour fan. Really? Oh, that's yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's very cool. You can't you can't lose with the Louis L'Amour, man. It's uh 
I, it's like a feel good kind of thing, you know, like the well, heroes almost always going to win. He's going to go yeah. through some challenges, but he's going to win. So I, I, I like his stories. <laughs> um, I, I've gotten into a little bit of uh, kind of sci-fi fantasy stuff a little bit, not a whole Ooh. lot. Okay. Well, I guess that makes sense. You're in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> West yeah. west of uh Carlsbad? Yeah. <laughs> Roswell. <laughs> yeah. Close to close to Roswell. So now I gotta read up on the aliens. Yeah, you see? <laughs> it's necessary. Yeah. Yep. Well, so Andrew, what do you see from your point of view? What are some of the biggest challenges and, and opportunities coming up in the construction industry in upcoming years? Oh man. Um, well, right now I think we all need to get our stuff together. And, and being able to even get windows and garage doors. Uh, that's actually the thing right now is we can't seem to get garage doors. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, once we get, once we figure out the supply chain issues, I think that that's a lot of folks is uh, yeah. trouble or, you know, Achilles heel right now is, is that supply chain issue. And uh, I mean, we, we were there, right? When uh, Ali Wolf, the economist and uh projected that what it'd be another 18 months of, of yeah. supply chain issues i mean that that's that's yeah. difficult <laughs> mm-hmm. so um i i think that is going to be a hindrance to us for a while and it's not just you know the issues because it, it becomes a snowball effect right yeah. folks will eventually be upset much more upset than they are now that their homes just can't seem to stay uh, there and at some point maybe the resale starts to come back the, the folks will you know who want to buy homes again or, or want the inventory homes folks might start putting resale homes on the market again and at least for builders you know our, our number one competitor is resales yeah. and um so we might start getting bought out by that competition because those are going to go on the market again and if we can't promise them if we can't keep to a six month seven month eight month projection um, because of the supply chain issues we we have that risk of losing folks, uh, losing interest. Um, I, I mean, not not to a huge extent, I don't think, but it, I think it's something to to think about. Uh, particularly too, because when when the market started going really well last year, right? It was I th- I thought it was you know pretty awesome that I didn't have to do a lot in marketing <laughs> uh, to to get folks to to come and, and yeah. buy a home and, and make an appointment. And, but with that, we, let's say we lowered our, our marketing budget as did a lot of divisions, as did a lot of builders. Um, and because of that, you know, you, you stop a moving train and sometimes it's a little bit more difficult, at least, you know, when it's a, Hey, we need to turn this train back on to move that much faster, mm-hmm. you know, to get it back to where it was. So, it's just, I, um, I, I hope that the supply chain issues uh, can be uh, rectified, you know, before yeah. the eighteen month mark, um, because, like I said, I, I think it would it would avalanche to a lot of different departments. So yeah. that's really the biggest challenge that I see. The biggest opportunity um, is the fact right now that we don't have a lot of inventory, uh, a lot of inventory competition. And yeah. so we can offer them that, hey, we have your home ready within the next 31 to 60 days or, you know, uh, over a little over 61 days or even in a few months because people are willing to wait for that right now. Yeah. So I, I love that you brought that up, uh, the point about, you know, all of us in home building, we 
think of each other as competitors sometimes, but like, we're all getting our butts kicked by used homes. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. New homes is what ten percent of home total home sales. Like we're just yeah. we're, we're getting our kick, our butts kicked every single yeah. day. Yeah. So why why sit there and fight with each other? Let's let's work together and try and figure out how we can make a bigger part of the market share. Absolutely. Now uh, I, I think we, we got pretty lucky, quote unquote lucky that that because of the resale market going down, you know, I think that 10% jumped up a little bit. But to your point, it, when the market is not so abnormal, you know, we are, we, we do get our butts kicked a lot. Yeah. So what do you think, Andrew, from your marketing point of view, what do you think about the idea of online home sales, being able to just completely take somebody, just like buying a, a car and picking out your, your wheels <laughs> and rims and your upholstery color online, are people going to be able to do that with homes? Or are people going to want to do that with homes? What do you think? I am I'm very torn on this issue. So a couple of years ago, our division actually um, mocked something out like this, uh, like a wireframe to pitch to corporate mm -hmm. uh, that, hey, we should we should consider, you know, like a four step process to to buying a home online. The first one is, you know, you 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 go and you click out. It's almost like um and I forget what website does this, but like, just like you said at a car, a car dealership, you can build out your own car, right? Mm -hmm. So you choose the location you want to be in. Uh, that's step one. Step two is you pick the floor plan that you like, uh, you know, and then from there, you see where the floor plans are available in that community and you choose the home site that you want. You, you know what, what the base price is, the premium is, you know, all of that. From there, you choose the exterior color scheme that you're allowed to choose from there and, 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 and or the interior package scheme and, and mm -hmm. all of that. I was like, oh, yeah, this, this logically folks like to be able to do something like that, right? And, and, and my wife in particular is somebody who just would prefer to be on her phone, feel, you know, look at something and order it, right? We don't, she doesn't go to, we don't go to Publix anymore. We, we do ship and Instacart. And um, so it's convenient. It's, it's convenient to see then, you know, after your four-step process, you're like, oh, this is your home. This is, yeah. this is what it would look like. These are the colors you chose. This is your interior specs. Fantastic. And then the next step is, you know, would you like to set a deposit to hold your home or, you know, eventually just, I think that's kind of where we stopped. The idea stopped was, uh, let's get people to put a deposit on their home. And then from there, you know, we're good. Yeah, bang the credit card for a thousand bucks and that's your deposit. Yeah, exactly, you know, and, and it's all yours, and, you know, until you come in and you do the purchase agreement and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I think logically that makes sense. However, this is an incredibly big purchase, um, particularly yeah. for a lot of folks. And I always thought that this was going to make sense even for millennials right and and they're like oh well you know i guess it does make sense to you guys older folks in my division because you know you don't get it yeah um, but my wife and i recently went through the home buying process and we we bought new we actually bought at lenar go us that's how much i love our company <laughs> is buy our own homes mm -hmm. and um lucky that we had a model and i really mean that because before we, we stepped into the model, I, I tried to do this process on my own virtually with my wife because she's actually against the idea of buying online. She believes that you should be able to view your stuff, right? She's like, but you're not going to get anybody to build that out and make a deposit and then spend, you know, four or five, six hundred thousand dollars on the home without 
ever even stepping in and seeing how do I feel in this space? Right. So. We well, it's not like an overnight thing too, where you can just say, well, I'll order it, I'll try it. And then if I don't like it, I can return it. Right, right. No, <laughs> it, it wouldn't be that either. Um, but so as we're doing this and I, I'm looking at the Matterport, cause I know that we have models of this and, and I was like, well, let's just look at the Matterport and see how you like it. And um, it was difficult. It was difficult to, to envision uh, for, for me and, and for my wife. And it was then that I was like, man, I don't, I don't know if, if we would be able to purchase a home online site on the scene, at least again, for myself, people do it all the time, yeah. right? That's how we sell dirt. Uh, we can sell it off of a floor plan, which is fantastic. Um, but that I, I, I don't think is the majority of folks. Right. Um, eventually, yes, I think we'll get there. And, and particularly with technology, at some point we'll be able to, I don't know, put on a headset and be able to feel like you're, you're right. in that room in that home. And I think that you, you, you have to have some sort of collateral, uh, some sort of, even if it's pretending to be in it, pretending to feel like you're in this home that I think will push someone over the edge to really understand the space that they're about to buy. If they're not an investor, right? But investors can buy a site unseen and they're good. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's probably the key is once once everybody, once uh, VR technology becomes a lot more ubiquitous, ubiquitous that uh, yeah. everybody can just, like you said, put on, a, put on a headset and pretend to walk around the house, then it, yeah. you know, you're basically seeing it. Exactly, right? Because I can picture uh, an eight-foot ceiling, let's say, but like one of our, I forget which community we had that had eight-foot ceilings, and I was like, oh, this, this is fine, like that should be good, but I stepped into it, and I was like, man, and I'm five, six. And I was like, oh, eight foot ceilings. Like, that's kind of short. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but again, it's, it's, I, we're going to get there. And I think we might get to the point of being able to take a deposit. But I don't know just yet if we can convince people 100% that they can buy everything uh, online uh, through, you'd have to, and, and too, I think you'd also have to really, especially now with privacy, convince folks that it is okay to wire or send this much money uh, online, right. you know, we'll get there, we'll get there. Uh, but I do think that folks still feel comfortable talking mm -hmm. to someone, seeing it again, whether VR or not, you know, feeling like they're, that they've stepped foot into where they're going to live for the next X amount of years. Yeah. Where do you stand on? I, you know, I, I love the idea of being able to buy online. I think it makes sense. Um, I, I agree. It probably only goes up to take a deposit just because there's so many other steps. They've got to get pre-qualified for mortgage and all this, you know, if you're a large national home building company that has the ability to offer your own financing and kind of in-house financing, then maybe that becomes a little more feasible to do a full sale online. Yeah. But I, I think for the most part, you're going to have, you know, banks and title companies that still need to be involved in the process. And it's not just a total online experience, but I think it should, we as an industry should be prepared to start the experience online at least. And, and I agree. That's actually a really good way to put it. Yeah. You're right. But I, I, then again, I mean, at least for the foreseeable future, there's still going to be a definite need for model homes, a physical model home with a salesperson in there. But yeah. that's, that's something I'm kind of struggling with in my business right now is do we have, you know, I've got two model homes. Should I have two salespeople, one for each model home, or should I have a third salesperson stuck somewhere that's just an online sales consultant? But then how do we pay them? And are they commission or are they salary? And how do we, 
you know, is that more a marketing role or is that a sales role? And yeah, I, I think a lot of folks now with online sales consultants um, are some sort of base and then commission based off of some sort of metric. I mean, sure. I think, you know, you can't really go wrong holding somebody to a, a logical metric, right? So if this on, online sales consultant is, I don't know, responsible for working the lead and getting them to the sales center, then maybe you pay them for every person that walks, that physically walks into the sales center, right? Because- Well, or, or you pay them as a as a, a commission, pay them a base salary to sit there and chat with people online, but then for every deal that they actually help write every, you know, this oh, the on-site salesperson is going to collect 75% of the commission and, and the online guy is going to collect 25 or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think know. that's I, I think I've heard of comp packages like that as well. That's that that model probably makes a little more sense to me, but um and that way the builder, you know, is not necessarily paying out twice the compensation. I mean, yeah, you're gonna pay out more because yeah, of that base true. salary and stuff, but how many more homes can you sell because you've got somebody immediately responding online and answering people's questions whenever they Yeah, absolutely they're asking them. So you could probably do a test on that. Yeah. 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 That's how now you got my juices flowing thinking about that. But I mean, it'd be really cool. I, I can help you look at the numbers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Andrew, what is the best advice that you've ever received professionally? So, um, oh, it's fun. Yeah, I actually just said it the other day. Um, folks might know it, um, though I only knew the one person who told me uh, that it ever really came from and I never heard it anywhere else. But um, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. But if you want to go far, go in a team. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why it always it always just resonated with me. I think initially I heard it because uh, I played soccer, right? And mm -hmm. uh, I, I probably when I was younger tended to be a little bit of a ball hog, right? And and so that I want to say that was said to me because of that, because mm -hmm. I was playing sports. But then the more I grew in business, and particularly the more I grew in in, in being able to manage teams, right? Uh, and I grew in positions where it was a part of my responsibility to, to even help the team grow and, and worry about their promotions and worry about their, not just growth within the company, but knowledge-based growth. Um, it's, that's probably the best advice uh, I've ever received. And because it just, I constantly feel like I think about it, particularly when I, I'm starting something new. Yeah. Um, or I'm being put in a new position where either I, I have a lot of folks on the team or, or not that many. Mm. And when an opportunity will arise uh, for myself, you know, I, I do tend to think, well, how, how is this going to affect the team, right? Yeah. Uh, and because of it, I, I like to think that I've earned the trust of the teams that I've been on, whether it's been their peer, uh, or their direct supervisor, uh, I, I do feel that in that mindset, in that team mindset of, hey guys, I'm not going to leave you behind because you know, I maybe I can go fast, but you know what? It, it's best, it's more sustainable uh, if if we do this together because, I mean, come on, man, you're 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 as strong as what is it? You're as strong as your weakest link, yeah. you know. So, I I think that's been most helpful, uh, in business. Right. Yeah. I love that because even, you know, as us small guys in the industry, look at uh, big Lennar, DR Horton, 
kind of companies and go, oh, you guys, you guys are just machines pumping out these houses, but it's all made up of people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All the people disappear and at the, and that the company yeah, disappears. Yeah, no, it's exactly right. So. No, it, it, it's exactly right. We, um, and even with customer service, right? We, the, the person who eventually does that final walk of your home uh, and, and accepts the home, let's say, they, they had to go through your maybe online consultant and, and through the salesperson and through the construction manager, through the closing person. If, if you're a company like, like us who has an in-house mortgage company or mm -hmm. even an in-house title company, you've met all of these people and if everybody's solely looking out for themselves, you know, the salesperson is only looking out for themselves, the title person is only looking out for themselves. And let's say that one of those parts of that chain wasn't good or wasn't as pleasant to the person. They go to the title guy and say, gosh, you're so, you've been so great. The, the sales guy really just, oh, he was just so unpleasant. It would make sense for that title guy to maybe go speak to the sales guy and say, hey, listen, I don't know what happened, but you might want to consider this. Yeah. Make that person better. So the next time that the customer who at the end of the day is the most important part of our business, uh, you know, has a more pleasant experience and, and, and yeah. you got to look out for each other. In this, right. Mm -hmm. it, it's not just you that that person is meeting uh, and it's not just you that the city is, is looking at for approval. You know, it's it's a lot of people. It takes a village. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrew, who have you learned the most from throughout your career? Oof. Uh, but it's so cheesy to say that my mom and dad, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, it, that's all good. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. But uh, pro professionally, I so, saw, you know, I, I feel it's the right thing to say my mom and dad, but, but really they, and my grandpa too, actually. My, my grandpa was always this, this really wise person. He was a, uh, he was a chief of, of surgery and he loved medicine and that was his life. And he, he's also very good at giving advice. And I think once I was struggling with something and uh, I meant, I said something to him like, you know, I, I, don't worry, grandpa, I'm going to make you proud. I'm going to be a doctor just like you. And you know, he stopped cold and he was like, I don't care if you're a doctor or if you're the garbage man outside, as long as you're the best garbage man on that block, right? Like you, yeah. you try your best regardless of your position, regardless of what you are, right? Um, so, my, so my family for sure has been there a lot for me, but this, this one gentleman uh, at Lennar actually has been somebody that I've I've had a close relationship with I've and I've I don't think he knew really that I was kind of pegging him as a mentor um his name is Frank and he was uh our or he is our director of international sales prior to that he was the director of sales and um very wise man uh, he's he's the type to give advice like you know it's hysterical because I'm watching you cough your lungs out right now. <laughs> it feels so yeah. bad for you. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, I got a random dry spot in my throat. Got it. I take right. a drink. <laughs> and uh, Frank is is a guy who, at the beginning of my career too, is like, look, if because we spoke about growth, mm -hmm. and he goes, you know, you should always treat the person who cleaned your garbage at the end of the night in the office, the same as 
your boss's boss's boss. And he goes, you know why? And I said, why? He goes, because the same people that you were nice to on your way up are the same people that you're going to meet on your way down. Mm -hmm. And so that was how he ran his department. And that was how he ran even just his relationships one-on-one with individuals. And learning that from him was it, it wasn't just like, oh, I, I, I learned how to be a nice guy. It was, I learned how that can really help you close business deals uh, and how that can really help you gain trust and, and, and not just a good reputation for, for folks to, to know you by, but that's how he's able to, I don't know another way to say it, right? But, but get people on your side to be loyal, to, to really want to be on your team to fight for you. Uh, yeah. if you fight for that. Mm-hmm. And um, I just realized as I'm saying all this, I, the, the, the most professional advice I've ever gotten is to be kind and, and, and you know, be personable yeah. enough uh, in the professional level. So yeah, so it's my family and Frank. <laughs> awesome. So uh, I want to go back for a second. Um, you were in med school, yeah. made the decision to drop out. Yeah. Your grandpa was a doctor. I think yeah. your parents are doctors, right? My my sister is a doctor, my okay. little one. Yeah. And and my mom was a therapist. So I mean, yeah. Okay. So there was a lot of pressure. I mean, what was that? How did you make that decision to say, you know what, this is just isn't for me. I, I gotta drop out. Um, I had a hard time actually. Uh I I remember laying in bed because I was just miserable. And I was with my wife at the time. Uh, she was my girlfriend then, and I, I, it was, she would sit there and she'd ask me, you know, what, well, what is it that's so hard? And I imagine for someone like her too, like, you know, she probably wanted this for me as well. Um, but she was always so good. She was, she's the most supportive woman in the entire world. Um, and she spoke to me, she goes, what is it exactly that you don't like about it? And it was I would have to spend 15 to 18 hours studying, like study. You had to yeah. read it. You had to, and it wasn't just memorizing. It was, you know, how does this tendon attach to this? You know, and, and it's not just, okay, this is where they attach. It's what, what, what else does it do? You know, and then mm-hmm. it's, it, uh, it wasn't that I, I hated studying. It was, I hated being locked up and feeling like I couldn't do anything besides read. It takes such a strong person to be able to do that. Um, And and the desire, that that passion for medicine. And I didn't have that passion. That wasn't wasn't in me. When I spoke about it, it was something to do, something that I felt I should do. but it wasn't, it wasn't something innate in me that, yes, I, I can't wait to be, you know, to help. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so the thought process was, well, my, I'm going to disappoint everybody and it's going to be the end of the world. And well, what am I going to do now? Because all I've ever studied was science. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I was at a total loss. I think I went like three weeks, just nonstop thinking about it. Uh, not to mention the fact that I had student loans and I was like, I just wasted student loans. And uh, yeah, no, it it was, it was, it was a terrible process to go through, but 
Um, and I kept kicking myself, like, why didn't I realize this younger? Why didn't I realize this younger? But it worked out. It worked out. And I don't think that I would be here if it wasn't for something like that to have happened. Because it made yeah. me realize that though I didn't have passion for that, the stark difference that I feel going to work every day now, sitting, going to work, right? Going to my, to my home office, uh, <laughs> going down the hall, I'm skipping. Yeah. Uh, it is just, uh, I, I genuinely love what I do and, and the people that I work with. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so, so it's, it, it was hard to make the decision, but it, it felt like such a burden was lifted off of me. Uh, and. And I, I do feel that because of that, and, and from what I learned, again, that, that sort of scientific background uh, really did help a lot in being able to even look at numbers now and, and be able to say, well, this, this data does and doesn't make sense for trends, or this data in economics makes, you know, does or doesn't make sense, and, and finding patterns, and, you know, data is good for everything, right? I feel, right? Yeah. And then, so I do feel it helped. Mm -hmm. It's just terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> so I, that's what I'm really curious. I mean, that's such a bold decision to say, I, I'm going to drop all this money that I just spent on this year and I'm going to just turn away. At, obviously at that point, you didn't know you were going to go on to become marketing director at Lennar and, and join the home building industry, but nope. you know, so you didn't have that perspective, but if you could go back to yourself now, that day you decided the first day you dropped out of dropped out of med school, I mean, what, what kind of advice would you give yourself? Besides, hey, go look for a home builder. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's where you need to go. Um, my God, take it easy. I, I was so stressed. That, that stress was, and it was stress because of what I thought others were going to think of me, my, my mom, or even at the time I had social media, though I don't have social media now. And I was like, oh, what are people going to think? I have it on my social media that I'm in med school, you know? Like, yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> silly. I, we don't say stupid in my house. It's silly. It's silly. Uh, that was really silly of me to, uh, to have thought those things. But really, like, it, it would be to tell myself, relax. It's going to work out, right? And, and, and it will work out. Just just try, try your hardest at, at the next thing that you do and, and I like to think that I did right um but mostly who, who cares who, who cares what what anybody else thinks if, if it's if your heart's not in it uh let's say that I would have finished out med school I would have left eventually right yeah. or I would have been going to a job that I absolutely hated and who would that have hurt it wouldn't have just hurt me it would have hurt patients probably right yeah. and, and that's not what I want. and and I wouldn't have been happy with that either so um Andrew, you're making the right choice. It's fine. And, uh, you know, it's just take it easy. Who cares what everybody else thinks? It'll work out. Yeah. It's, it's all, I feel it's all for, for myself. It's, it's all in my head, right? Like uh, I'm my mm -hmm. own worst person. I can think of the worst things that can happen. Um, and it's, I don't know. I, I feel like you really can scare you. A person can really scare themselves out of, yeah. out of, their dreams or out of finding happiness or out of finding a passion um yeah. they just gotta trust that it'll be okay yeah that's awesome that's great advice well thank you so much for sharing your story yeah, uh, i really appreciate it i forgot you're my marketing friend that doesn't have social media yeah yeah 
You know, I just interviewed a young lady for, for an open position that we have on, on the team. And she told me the same thing. And she's actually, you know, like a decade younger than I am. And she's like, I also don't have social media. And I was like, oh, plus. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I like, and I don't know if there are any chefs that are listening, but I like to think that if I was a chef, I wouldn't want to be cooking all the time at home. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's akin to that in my head, right? Like yeah. I, I do social media. I do marketing all day. I don't want to cook yeah. social media. Plus it takes away time from the 97.5% of time that I'm with my daughters. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, how can people get a hold of you and hear more about your story? And of course, how can we follow uh, Lenar? I am on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, See, so it's maybe not social media. It's not a TikTok video, but I am absolutely on LinkedIn. Uh, And it's, uh, you know, linkedin.com slash in slash Andy, A-N-D-Y, Bazan, B-A-Z-A-N, because somebody took my full name I have not been able to find that guy to give it back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I was going to say Andy. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I had to come up with something, man. Somebody took Andrew Bazan. That guy. Guy. Yeah. All right. Well, Andy, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you. Great to talk to you. Thank you, Ben. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Thanks for listening. I hope that you've learned something from our guest today. The Ben Beard Show is sponsored by Redcliffe Homes. The purpose of this podcast is to help young professionals find mentors in this crazy construction industry that we're in. If you have a story to tell about your road to a successful career in construction, I'd love to hear it. Please like and subscribe to the podcast to hear from all of our amazing guests. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at The Ben Beard Show.